Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Matters Podcast. I am your host, relationship and life coach, Lewis Morris. We welcome you in, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Matters Podcast. I am your host, relationship and spiritual life coach, Lewis Mars. It is my belief that the vessel, meaning the heart, can only pour out that which it contains. Therefore, it is upon us to place those things that are good and beneficial into the heart in order to emanate them out into the world and attract those things and those people that will enhance our lives. We have another fantastic guest on, as I tell you every week, because this is what we do here. Yes, this is what we do. Tracy Huff is here. Welcome, Tracy Huff, to the Heart Matters, everyone. Tracy Huff is a confidence coach and a wife and mother, and she is a veteran of the armed forces, which we need to get into and also a fourth degree black belt. And we, <laughs> this is one of the, these are two of the reasons why I want to have her on the show. She's a fourth degree black belt and she was in the armed forces and she is a business owner, by the way. She's also the author of How to Punch Failure in the Face. We're going to get into all this. You know, I ain't going to elaborate too much. I'm going to let her talk, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes I talk a little bit too much on the podcast. Anyway, uh, Tracy is a confidence coach. She helps people build their confidence by identifying their gifts and creating a plan on how to use them. This is Tracy Huff. Welcome her to the Heart Matters Podcast, everyone. How are you doing, Tracy? I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be on here with you. Our missions are similar. Our tactics are different, but our missions are similar. (laughs) Okay, why don't you tell the audience what you mean by that? So, I mean... I was talking with someone yesterday um, about uh, a sales funnel and, and, you know, blah, blah, business stuff. And he was saying, yeah, you probably should have like, a, you know, use your own, you know, personal social media because I use my martial arts school because to me, they're the same thing. I'm not Tracy Huff, the person and then the martial artist, like it is infused in everything that I do. And so um, you know, I wrote a book called How to Punch Failure in the Face. I think they should take say it all. I'm I'm willing to take a hit, you know, I'm willing to like stand in the gap and stand in places where people, other people might not want to. And do that for my students, for my clients, for my family, for the people, for my friends, for the people that I love. So I'm like uh, a, a long, long time ago, someone referred to me as a bulldozer and I was so offended. And I told my friend, can you believe she called me a bulldozer? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, what you say I run over people you say I like I take over and I just run over she said no 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 if there's a problem we want you in the front because you bulldoze right over it I was like oh yeah that's what I do I do that I can own that so yeah (laughs) I learned that a long time ago with the help of my friend okay all right Tracy so let's talk about the armed forces here okay okay what what was this about What, what were you trying to just you know you were just trying to get out of the house. What are you trying to do here? No, so I was actually the first. I'm the I'm the I'm the five five. I've got a three sisters and one brother, and I'm right there in the middle. And I was the first one in my family that wanted to go to college. 
my two old, my older brother and my older sister hadn't expressed that. So when I talked about going to college, my parents didn't have any idea about how to begin that process. And um, as I was talking to my guidance counselors, they recommended, you know, like, why don't you just take the ASVAB? Why don't you take the ASVAB and see, see what your skills are? And I took the ASVAB and I got money for college. And when I was talking to my parents, they were trying to get me to go to a small local community college and do business. And that's not what I wanted to do at the time. It's not what I wanted to do at the time. And so I was talking to my guidance counselor and they talked about looking into the armed forces and I looked into it and they could pay for all of my school. And that's why I joined the army to pay for my college, to go where I, I wanted to go when I wanted to go. Okay. So how long were you, well, how long were you in it? I did my four years. Like I did my four years and uh, met my husband, as I say in the book, he seduced me, impregnated me, and forced me to marry him, which wasn't part of my plans when I joined the army. But that's what happened. Wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean he seduced you, got you pregnant, and forced you to marry him? So it, it was all, it was all on him. It was just him. Yeah, you didn't have anything to do with it. So I was 18 when I joined the army, like right out of high school. Like I graduated from high school in June. I went to basic training in July. Like right. that's how fast I went. And uh, so I, you know, I was, I came from a very religious family. So we, I did not date. I just didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have any experience with anything like that. And, you know, people, a lot of the women that I met in basic training joined the military because they wanted a husband. Or, you know, they wanted to get away. Like, that wasn't me. I just wanted money for school. So it kind of um, opened my eyes in a little way. So when I got to my first duty station in Germany, uh, I met my husband when I when I got there. And, uh, you know, he put, he whooped up some game, put it up on me. Yeah. So I was a virgin. And that's why he seduced me in that order. He seduced me, impregnated me. The forced me to marry him part. I did choose that. But it's always more fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right that's good all right so what did you make it to in this uh army what'd you make it up to sergeant no no i was i um i did four years i was like a specialist because i i had the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, great people a lot of great people and i worked with enough great people to know that i didn't want to spend um all that time in the military i wanted to go get my degree like I wanted to just do my four, get my degree and start the path that I really wanted, you know, which was four years later. So I just really was only in the military to to pay for school. And then school looked a little different because I did have my older son, James, then. And my initial plan was to move back to Illinois and go to the University of Illinois because as a veteran, I had free tuition, but I fell in love and I ended up in North Carolina. Okay, so what'd you get your degree in? I got my degree in business, <laughs> which is what I didn't want to do when my dad wanted me to do it. But yeah. I okay. Got. Well, why did you change your mind? Um, because at that time I had a family, right? So I had a family and I wouldn't, my, what I wanted to go into was be like a buyer for a retailer, which, you know, is a different lifestyle. And by the time I got to get my education, I, I, I needed to do something that was going to help me support our family so okay all right so when did when did this uh when did this martial arts thing come into play 
Did you did you learn this in the military or was this something separate? Oh, no, this was my younger son. I've got two boys and my younger son, Stephen, got to middle school and he was getting in trouble. Like he was I was I, for my older son. I was constantly having to go to the school because he was a fighter. He was like mm, mm, in your face. Blah. My younger son wasn't that guy at all, but I kept having to go to the school I kept on going to school because he kept getting in trouble and talked to the guidance counselors. And I'm like, what is going on? And a friend of mine owned a martial arts school. Who's my instructor now? Um, he said, you need to put him in martial arts because I was looking for a peer group, something that he could do outside of school that he would feel good about. And um, I got him involved in that. And as I was taking him to class, uh, my husband was in Iraq at the time. And I do ha did have the boys and I was doing my computer company at the time. And um, I was like, huh, I could hit something. I think I could feel better if I could hit something. So instead of just sitting there on the sidelines, I started doing classes with him. And that's what got me started. Okay, so you just you just kept going with it. How many years did it take you to get, to, uh, get, your, get your first black belt? Oh, I don't even know. Um, it took me longer than most. It took me about five and a half years. Cause I didn't start training for a black belt. I didn't start training to be an instructor. I didn't start training to do any of that. I, I started training because I needed to release some stress and I, I thought that would be a good way to do it. Right. So uh, uh, I did five and a half years for my first one. And then it's just depending on your system from there. So I've been training hmm. for a minute. All right. So the confidence coach, what, where, what is this? What, what happened here? When did when did you transition to that? Well, that's who that's again. You read my bio the the finding your unique gifts. One of the things that I do really well is creating a space for people to try things that they wouldn't do. So by creating that space for them to be confident in themselves is my gift. And so when you're coming to me, I I can lend you that confidence, and that's why I'm the confidence coach. Because when you leave me, you are more confident. Okay, well, how are you bringing, how are you gathering all this, Tracy? You tell you, me, tell us how you gathering all this. I mean, how I'm gathering. I am it. It's not a gather. It's a <laughs> right? Well, part of it's because of with, with uh, everything that happened with my husband, my family disowned me. So my family disowned me when I was 19. And because you got married? Because I got pregnant. Remember, I didn't get married right away. <laughs> No, I really was seduced and pregnant. I didn't get married for a while. Um, but yeah, so my family disowned me and I was stuck having to create my own family. And one of the things that, that really assisted with that is being in the military because it allowed me to know I had a job, right? I had insurance. I had um, a way of the military, you, they constantly are putting you in situations and just expecting you to deliver. So that was one of the weird the places I started building that habit for myself, but having to do it um, with my friends and my family and everything else outside of that is really what made it something that I just became because I had to do it. Right. Mm. I had to like create my own family because my family acted like all of a sudden we were Italian and they couldn't say my name. Like my friend went to visit my parents and she's like, I can't do it anymore because they act like they, you know, you don't exist. 
Like all of a sudden we were like, she's dead to me. She's dead to me, you know? So I just had to do that and recreate it for myself. And so it became something I do naturally when I meet people, when I talk to people, it's something that I, I actively do. Did they actually say that to your friend? No, they didn't say that to my friend, but every time she would talk to me, like talk about me, they would act like they didn't know who I was and they would change the subject. Okay, so, well, this, is, this is no joke. My family has moved at least three times and not, I don't know the address. And my siblings are like, oh, do you want the address? I said, no, they moved. They didn't tell me where they moved. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. So what, I mean, what are they, uh, Catholic, uh, what are, what are they on? They're just, you know, they're, they were from Alabama. My husband is black and that was all they needed. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't really a religious thing. It was it was a race thing. It was both, right? Because I had premarital sex with a black man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said when that happened. I I, I couldn't. I did not expect to be disowned. I expected them not to be happy. I expected that to, them to be displeased. I expected those things, but where, when, and what came a result of it. But, it, but it's part of my path now, right? It's part of my journey. And my husband and I are in, what, next week, the 30th, we're about to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. So I obviously made the right decision. I just shouldn't have had to make a choice. And they put me in a place to make a choice. Mm, wow. All right, so what'd your husband say? About what? He what? says he did not seduce me, impregnate me, and force me to marry him. He always tells people that I lie. He always tells them that that's <laughs> well. I'm saying, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're lying. What I'm saying is, is that you played a role in all of that. Mm-hmm. You played a role because when he, when he came to you, and my you, husband he, just said, "Ha!" in the background, introduced himself to you. You know what I'm saying? When he introduced himself to you, you was like, "Oh, he's kind of nice." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is what you this is what you were saying, right? Oh, he's nice. You know what I'm saying? So then you start talking and y'all started talking like this, right? And then when you know when things got heated, you know, you was like, I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> Hence the seduction part. Totally just described his that was his game. That was his game. But I'm saying you 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 came to the seduction because you wanted to. You wanted it. I yeah, I mean it was and if we're talking about setting intentions, you know, last thing. But I met him and I did, I liked him. Yeah. Liked who he was as a person. I liked how unassuming he was. There's just so many things that I still I love about him today, right? Which is why we're still we're still married. Okay, was he in the military with you? Yes. Did he have rank? Was he rank? He have rank. He did have rank. I Isn't was that right. Yeah, so you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. All right. All right. We we might have to get back into that. You know, you talk about how you met and everything, how he came up to you on the base. You he know, did, I I walked in our building and he was at the um the CQ desk, the the security desk, and uh, they have another barracks. And he was on duty. That's how we met. Yeah, right. It was that easy. 30 years ago, huh? 30 years ago. Yeah, 30 years ago. Wow. That yeah. is impressive. All right, so let's talk about the book. 
let's get into the book. All right, grab grab the book. Let, let me see if you can read uh read something from the book for us. Read something from the forward or something like that, so we get a sense of what this uh how to punch failure in the face is. All right, do you want the forward or do you want my acknowledgement? No, which one you which one you prefer? Oh, I don't know. I mean, no one's ever asked me to do that. Yeah, well, this you know, this is the heart matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to read the acknowledgments because that's where. So the I wrote the book because I was frustrated. I'm frustrated, frustrated, and I wanted to pull the coaching business outside of the karate school. Like what I do with my with my martial arts stu students is what I coach. Like I'm a coach, and when I said I wanted to impact more people. And I wanted to impact, especially women who are afraid to come into an environment like that. There's a lot of women, they're afraid to come into an environment like that. But I still can teach them how to punch failure in the face and not have the physical component. So that's where I was coming from when I when I wanted to do this. And um, when I pull, tried to pull it out, people looked at me and said, what do you know about coaching? You're, a you're just a martial arts instructor. I was like, what do you mean just a martial arts? Don't you know what I do? I'm a confidence coach. I do this, I do that. So I was talking to my instructor about it. And he said, Tracy, just write a book. And I was like, I was, okay, I can do that. I can totally do that. I can write a book because I've been doing it for years with my students and years from the parents of my students. So it wasn't any, it wasn't a new process. It's just educating people in the process. So um I'll just read to you just the acknowledgement. So uh, I want to thank my husband and my boys for loving me and supporting me. My mentors, Chris Casamassa and Shelly Toland, for showing me how to step out of my comfort zone by stepping out of theirs. And Grandmaster David Scrow, who with one simple sentence, gave me what I needed to finally get over my fears and write this book. And a thank you to all of my students who allowed me to be part of their journey. There have been many students that I have had the pleasure of training but only a few who have become so close that I consider them my karate sons. Jeremy Smithart, who started as one of my training partners and transitioned to my student and my assistant, helping me implement and grow my PB program. He was a part of my school when we were struggling to rebrand ourselves and ha has been a pleasure to watch grow into a wonderful man he is now. Like I get invited to weddings and they bring their fiancés and girlfriends to meet me, right? So he's a happily married man now. <laughs> um, and my other karate son is Michael Dev, who was also a part of my school when we were recreating ourselves. When Michael started training with me, we were a small school, and he's been part of my journey as a school owner and instructor as much as I've been a part of his journey as a black belt. I've had the pleasure to watch him grow as a martial artist, an instructor, a leader, and into a young man that he is today. It was working with him that we began our value of just be exceptional, and I'm so glad that he's still training to see what an inspiration he is to our community. Nice. <laughs> so that's, that's what I do. And that's what I want to do on a bigger scale. Okay. How, how many pages is the book? Oh, 100-ish. It counts. Yeah, like 150. All right. So how long did it take you to put that together? Um, I wrote it in three months. Everything? First, yeah. first everything? I, it, I started at the end of August. I was working on it. And then about the, like, this was um last year in 2020. No, this was in 2021. And about the middle of September, 
I didn't like the draft. I didn't organ have it organized the way I want. And then I restarted it again and then developed my mindset process and the system and the coaching program and all of that as I was writing it. Mm. All right, so did you self-publish or did you go to a publishing house? I self-published. I self-published because it's really the tool. I needed a tool, right, to get people to understand that martial arts is more than just punching and kicking. And everybody says that, but I needed them to see it in a way like how we work, how we integrate it and infuse it into what we do. Because if you're coming to a class, you may not see it. Right. Like if you're watching class, you may not see it. You may catch a little bit of it. Right. Because a lot of it is is believing. Um, I started with how to punch failure in the face because that's what stops most people when they first come to their first lesson. They're afraid to try because they don't want to fail, which is why, where the title came. My friend, who's also a uh, uh, Cindy's a sixth degree black belt. She has a small school in, in uh, Georgia. I was talking to her about it after my instructor said, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I was like, what do you think would be a good name? And we were talking. And then I was like, you know, I just want to teach people how to punch failure in the face. And we paused and I was like, okay, Cindy, that's, that's totally the title of my book. Like, That's totally the title right there. Cause I don't even want, I'm trying to front. This is what we do. And this is how we're going to do it. And it kind of just grew from there. Okay. Well, how do you, how do you bring that together where, you're teaching like uh, karate, uh, you're teaching the martial arts concepts, but you're doing it so that they can have more confidence. How do you do, how do you bring that together without well, the physical part? So, because, because it all, it all boils into, so the great thing about the martial arts is that it's a pass fail kind of moment, right? Cause it's physical. You either block it or you get hit, right? I mean, it's really pass fail, but a lot of what we do as adults is it's the same the same concept right we don't do things because we're afraid what we're afraid of depends right it could be failing it could be judgment it could be um ridicule it could be not getting doing it the way that we want to do it so the fear the fear of failing and just fear in general is what stops most of us so all the tools that we use in the martial arts school help with that fear and once you do some one thing that you're afraid of, the next time you have to do it, it gets easier to do. And then the next time you have to do it, it gets easier to do. Now we build that in our classes. And I share in the book, the one class that's the most evident in is that we teach three to five-year-olds. And in that class, the first time they'll come, they're really afraid and they're really shy and they don't know what to do and they might not move. But literally about like six weeks in, they're my class that like they, we call it a, like a run and splat. Like they'll run and we just abandon, throw themselves at everything. Because when they fail, we celebrate. When they succeed, we celebrate, right? So either way, they get the courage to go all in. And that's really what we're teaching. That that's what we're building with the adults is giving them tools to make them comfortable to go all in, changing how they look at failure, not as a negative, just as another tool in another place that they can get data on how they're doing. And then once you do that and you do that one thing, so what is one thing that you've done that totally scared the crap out of you when you first had to do it? Who, me? Yeah, you. What's one thing? There's got to be one thing. I don't, I don't know. Not one thing. 
Yeah, but it's nothing I can think of right now. You know, I'm you know I'm old. It's been you know, a while. I'm old, so you know, I, a lot of things scared me. I'm old. <laughs> but what was anything recently? recently? Right. If it hasn't been recent, you got to go bigger. That's the other thing, right? We'll get comfortable. We get comfortable. Like everybody thinks, making it to first degree is the thing. That's just the first thing, right? Going to second, third, fourth, fifth, and continuing to put yourself in those positions is what continues to help you grow. So if you're not scaring yourself, you're not going big enough. If you're not doing something that makes you spit up in your mouth a little bit, you're not living like what you, you're not living to that fullest potential of who you could be, right? And, and two, those of us that do it, it takes a lot more to scare us, right? People, people are terrified of public speaking, right? People are terrified of doing what you're doing right now. But when you do it a lot, it becomes just a no big deal. Which other people, it would be the worst thing on the planet to have them do. Yeah, well, I, I, because I used to practice this in my bedroom when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be like Bob Costas and Barbara Walters. <laughs> there I'm you just go. saying. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So I used to practice. You know what I'm saying? So once I, you know, once I got on here, you know what I'm saying? My the years of practicing as a kid just kicked in. Yeah. And see, from, I teach I when the school was the school was small, I was teaching four and five hours a day, you know, so being up in front of a crowd, being up in front of parents, talking, teaching three year olds, you have to be flexible. They teach you so much about how you communicate. Right. Like they're very little in what they do. So like it helped me become a better communicator. It helped me become um, laser focused and how to get how to get what I wanted from them. So but but I have all that experience now. So if you tell me to um, come speak and you know you need 10 minutes I got you you need an hour I got you because I have that experience now right mm -hmm. so like but for me writing the book was one of the scariest things because you know you're putting yourself out there in a completely different way right and then when I wrote the book I shared a lot of things about me that you know because it's based on me. It's for people like me. So I shared my experiences and, and how I grew and, and why I learned these lessons and how I learned these lessons, but doing it, it scares me. Every time someone tells me they read it, I'm like, Oh, okay, good. Did you like it? You know, like, well, did you like it? Right. Cause I mean, it's personal, you know, just like Beyonce, Beyonce said, and Erica Bardu said, you know, that's my shit. That's my stuff right there. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive about that because you did put yourself out there in another way. Yeah, well, you know, I you know, I can't think of nothing in it because I I'm not into regret. Well, it doesn't have to be regretted. No, it's what I'm saying is is that there's there's I don't think there's anything that fits that bill for me because I'm not into regret. Okay. So if there's something that I need to uh that I need to like take care of or deal with. You know, I'd rather just go ahead and deal with it. That way I'm not questioning myself later and saying, okay, well, why didn't I do that? Okay. All right. That makes you know sense. what I'm saying? That's what that's why when I was I was talking on the on the on the, on the app, I was saying I went to the radio station. Yeah. Because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be sitting 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 here months later saying, Okay, well, why didn't I ask them to put me on the radio? Mm -hmm. I wasn't gonna do that. So right. I went to them and said, Look, I'm the only relationship coach here, put me on the radio. They refused, but you know what I'm saying? At least, at least I did it. You know what I'm saying? I asked, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I, I don't have a problem with rejection. Right. Rejection's so fine. And you went back again? Didn't you say you Yeah, went I went back. I went back again. 
Absolutely, I went back. Matter of fact, I went I went to one radio station twice. Then I went to another radio station twice. There's only like two or three radio stations here. This is a small place. Okay. So I went to them twice. You know what I'm saying? Because the first time, they misunderstood. Oh. They thought I was going to pay them yeah, 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 to yeah. be on the station. Right. So first of all, I had to clear that up. That's not what I was asking. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't. I wasn't asking you. You know, to uh, to so you can charge me. I was asking so that you could pay me. Right. You know, and then I said, look, just put me on. You know, what I'm saying then when your ratings go up for that time slot, then you just hire me full time. You know, what I'm saying they rejected mm -hmm. it, which is fine. You know, what I'm saying, but I I, I don't regret it now. There's right. no regret for me because I took I took the shot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then, okay. So then, for me, so where this where my where my book comes in is when you're facing that rejection, and that is the end means. Like that is the only thing the way you got to get through that to get to your goal. Then the resilience and the perseverance you have to go back to them again with a different plan, and go back to them with another plan. Okay. So what are you right. saying? You saying I should go back a third time? I think I would definitely not talk to the same person, but talk to them from a different perspective and find out what they need and marry your skills to what they need. Like, what do they need? Okay, well, hold up. Wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's cut into this. Let's cut into this a little deeper so that I can, so I can understand. So I'll, I'll understand how to make my pitch. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I go to them and I say what? Well, you've gone to them twice and you've told them, this is who I am and this is what I can do, right? Right. Okay. So now, but have you ever said, what What are you? What markets are you trying to grow? What does your audience need? Have you ever approached it from there? No, no, I, I didn't know. That's the next conversation. Because then it's not about what you've got. It's about what they need and how you can support them in what they need. It's a different conversation. Let me write this down. Okay, so I just go there and say, okay, how can I help? Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, let me, yeah. It, how, it, how can it, I help? How can like I that. help? Like, I'm dedicated because you are. You're dedicated to doing your thing. That's your thing. I'm dedicated to, to my thing. That's my thing. So we've got to come at it sometimes from a different angle. How can I help? What can I do to help you guys accomplish your goals? Because I know I can do what I say I do. But when you come in offering instead of asking, it puts them in, in, a, in a place where they can hear you better. Right? Okay. Then they can all, right, all right. Well, I, have, I might have to go see them next week. Yeah. And then also talk to talk to like you, you know, with radio, there's so many streaming services that will stream in your market. What's, like, what's I, stream? I don't know. I'll I'll research that for you. Tell me your um zip code. 25801. 25801. Okay. Because there's a there are a lot of um streaming sites that will have data on the audience in your area. So it might not be the traditional radio. So we'll go figure that out and say, look, I can go on this station over here that's got this audience in our area, but I want to help you. 
with your your listenership. Hold up, what are you streaming sites? What are you? Yeah, so I mean, I know I work with a friend of mine. She owns um, a local a local magazine, but she has the capability for streaming streaming the, our shows internationally. From where she is? Mm-hmm. Where's she at? In Fayetteville with me. So there's other ways to accomplish your goal. Okay, so hold up. I need to know how she's bringing that. It's just the platform that she has, that she ha- she's on. She's she's on a platform that will do it. You know the name of it? Mm, I can't remember the name of that platform of hers, no. But I do, I do, I'll connect you with her. How about we just do that? I will get you guys connected and she can, she can do her, her thing. Cause it's her thing. Her thing is to provide multimedia for business owners so that they can get their message out. So I'm going to send you, I'm going to send her your information and have her reach out to you. Because uh, there's, there's a different way to get that done. Like you're, oh, oh, Okay. All I'm, all I'm saying is, is that I would like to get it done. All right. Because I was talking to um I was talking to um business coach a few weeks ago named Vic Manzo. Okay. He was on the show. So I mentioned to him, I said, listen, you know, there are other parts of my business that if I had a lot of money, I would stop doing it. I said, but I would never stop doing this. Okay. Yeah, this because is this 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 here this is this is my baby i was doing this before everything else okay you know what i'm saying the podcast came before everything else okay because like i said i wanted to be like i wanted to be like barbara walters and bob costas mm-hmm. okay so when i found out that i could do it podcasting i said well i, I gotta do that then mm-hmm. you know so i would i would never stop doing this okay and so then it just sounds like you need you want to build your audience okay All right, all right. So, t- all right. Tell me what else is in the book. Give me some more tips from the book that I can write down. The book is just the system, right? Anytime you're starting something new, to getting to where you want to go, this is the path that you're going to have to walk. First, you're going to have to believe you can do it. Then, you're going to have to get a, a positive attitude about it. And then, for one thing that I include, and this is what we work with our students on, you have to have your own personal standard. Like, what's important to you? What's important to you about doing this podcast? What's important to me about instructing? Why we do things is very different. So understanding what your personal standards are. And we introduce that concept. A lot of kids don't, a lot of kids know about goals, but they don't understand what personal standards are. And understanding like, what are the values and the principles that motivate you? That's one of the things that I go into. We go more into that in the course. In the book, we just kind of like, Bring it, bring it to your attention. Like you have principles and values that you live by. And once you really define them and understand what they are, then you set your goals. Then you set your actions, right? Mm. Then you write your plan. You write them based on what's important to you. That's where we all kind of get mixed up. And that's why people in goal setting don't work and all of that stuff, because we're setting goals based on what other people think. Well, it's a new year's resolution. No, no, no. These are goals. These are goals that we want to achieve. But when you set them based on what's important and, and you really understand why it's important, you take those actions, but you know what's going to happen. Obstacles are going to come up, right? You set your action plan. 
things don't work out. You want to go, you want to go to the radio stations. They told you no. A lot of times that stops people. So then we talk about how to keep taking action. And then we talk about how to use your emotions, tools to use your emotions to work for you, right? Use them as tools. Like if I'm a big fan of um, um, Esther Hicks and understanding that emotional ladder, like where am I on that ladder? Like you don't have to go from sad to happy. You just have to go from sad to less sad to maybe you know, a little depressed to maybe, right? So you just have to make your way up the ladder. But we always think we have to be like these, I'm either happy or sad. No, there's so many degrees in between. And when you can understand, you just have to shift your emotion a little bit and move it up the ladder one way or the other, you'll start making progress towards your goal, right? So for us in the martial arts school, the concept we use every day is just a little bit better than yesterday. Progress is progress. But everyone thinks it has to be done in leaps and bounds. No, it has to just be a little bit better. You have to get a little bit farther. You have to get your kick a little bit faster, right? So introducing that concept with how to keep moving forward, how to use your emotions and, and gradually get there and how to just persist. Like, how do you persist? How to stay persistent, how to keep taking that action. That's the whole system the book outlines. And it's something like I put, I put in the beginning, it's, it's just, it's a system that you can use over and over again, whether you're making, you know, transitional goals where you're going like college would be an example of transitional goal, right? You're starting one year and, you know, four years later, you're going to end with your degree. But once you get your degree and you start your job and your profession, that's a transformational goal. That's going to require a whole nother set of skills from you, right? But it doesn't matter where you're going you're going to go through this process and you're going to need these tools. And that's what the book is about. It's, it's, it's a how-to it's, this is the process. Yes, this is normal. It's normal to run into obstacles. It's normal, you know, to get stuck. It's normal to get angry, upset, whatever, right? Frustrated. It's normal to feel like you can't do it, but it doesn't mean you stay there, right? You feel it and then you you do something and then you take action. And that's really what the book is about. And, but it gives you all the tools that you need to do it, right? Because we're going to do this, right? We're going to, we're going to, me and Anne-Marie, we're going to work with you. We're going to build this audience for you. When you build your audience, it's going to require something different from you, right? What do you think it's going to require different from you? I don't know. When your audience gets bigger, what do you think is going to have to happen? I don't know. Yeah. Right. So we need to, we need to investigate that. We need to see what does that do. The shows need to be longer or shorter. Do the topics need to be like one single topic or do we need to go deep into one topic over four parts? Like what is the audience you have now? What do they want to hear? Do you want to grow more of that audience or do you want to grow a completely different audience? Cause all of those things have to be answered for them to help you grow it. Right. So it's going back to like one of the things we're talking about working on what's working, like what is working and what's working really well and attracting people to you. Do I want more of that? And if I want more of that, then how do I do more of that? Right. So for me, like as an instructor, as the school, as the school's grown, it required different things of me because then I did, I wasn't just an instructor. Then I had to be an instructor of instructors, completely different type of instructor. Then I had to be a different kind of leader, right? Different and, and leading teams, 
versus leading one person versus leading myself versus leading one other person. Now I'm leading teams of people, right? Completely different skill sets, right? Then you have those moments where you think, oh, did I do the right thing? You know, when you have to go back into like step two, believe in, believing, or step one, believing what you can do and having your positive attitude about it, right? So that's why this is just, it's a duplicatable process to help give you like tools that you can use over and over again. Because as you grow and as you change and as you do, the things the, the things around you change too. And you have to change. And sometimes that's where we get stuck and that's where we fail. But it's only failure if you don't learn from where you are. Like I just had, I just had um in the last few weeks a family that's been um in my 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 instructor program for a long time tell me that they're gonna stop training at the end of this year. And I take full responsibility for me not giving them something that I needed. So as an instructor of instructors, I failed them on some level. And so I've been analyzing that and reaching and changing my program so that it doesn't happen again. Right. But those, those are the kinds of things that could be a failure. It could have been like, oh my God, they're going, they're leaving. What will we do? Well, we know that we won't do these things again. And we know that we'll do these things. And we'll implement this now. And we know that we, and then we, then you can take action and then you can turn that bad, that negative thing, that thing that you think is going to be bad into something good and use it to springboard and keep going forward. And that's what the book is. It's just giving you that process and helping you work it out and giving you tools. Every chapter has tools. So the things that I talk about in there, um, uh, you can go to how to punch failure in their face.com and log in and you have access to all the worksheets and things that I have for the book to like help you walk through this on your own. So, or you, or you know, I'm a coach. I'm a confidence coach for a reason. I have a coaching program. And then I have a course associated with the book. We've got our four-week confidence course that does the same thing. It basically just gets you through that first, that first stage, the first stage of the, the process, your belief, your attitude, your standards, and action plan to get you started. So yeah, so that that's those are the things that that again when we you know I love me some pitbull. I love me some pitbull. What I hate about pitbull is he makes it look so easy, and there's just a lot of things like a duck on a pond that happen beneath the surface that no one ever really talks about, and so everybody thinks they're having this experience and it makes them bad at what they're doing, and it is it's not true. It's not true. All right, Tracy. All right. I thank you for coming on, you know, dropping, yeah, dropping some stuff on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I need to work on some things. Yeah, well, I need to work on a lot of things. Well, don't we all though? If yeah, we're well, not, yeah, I need not, yeah, not... I need to work on a lot of things. You know, because you know, not, I had to I told the guy now the, uh, just now down in the uh community room, I had to uh get me a therapist, you know, because I need I needed to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, so I need to work on some things. So I appreciate you coming on, Trish. I'm glad that you had me. I'm glad that you let you let me. I'm, I'm, it's been a pleasure. It's yeah, been I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and you but gave me some up. things. You gave me some things to gnaw on for the okay. night. All right. And I'm going to get you connected with Anne Marie. That's and, her name, Anne Marie? Uh-huh. Anne Marie Ziegler. I'm going to get you connected with her. And I'm going to let her. Is her she help. related to Zig? No. No. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, hold up. 
you know, we might need to get on the show too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that way we, you know, we get a father home. We get an oh, uncle home. There you I'm go. Sure. That's all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you connected. Cause I I think um, you know, what I liked about you and the reason why I wanted to when I asked to be on when I heard you on the app was because a lot of um relationship coaches can be very touchy feely, you know, very you know what I mean. you know what i mean like and how did that make you feel you know like like you know that kind of way but i can tell if you're not that kind of way and it's it's more like my energy right because you know i like to punch i like to confront i like to do and so um i think i think more people need that sometimes people just need that big pattern interrupt especially when it comes to relationships you know, they get so dug in. And so I like that. I like that about the vibe that you were sending. So I definitely want to be a part of whatever part I can play and building your audience just so that you can help more people that just need to be like, what are you thinking? No, stop it. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, stop that. Sometimes you, you know, you actually be, you know, you actually be wanting to slap people in the head. Which you is know, why I can, you know, I can't do that. You know, say, but I, you know, the benefit of my job, I can. <laughs> I was speaking at a, I was speaking at a coach's clinic the other weekend. That's what I told him. I said, I know for you guys, look, I'm a coach. I get it. You know, these things happen for me. I get to change the lesson plan, and we get to spar when they need a little tough love, right? Like yeah. we get to do that. You guys don't get that. That that's one of the other benefits. What I do. One of the things I love, and my little peewees will tell you, yeah. I say, if you don't block this, I'm going to hit you in the head. And they say, no. I say, so block it. Block. Good All stuff. right, Tracy. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. <laughs> that was the confidence coach, Tracy Huff and author of How to Punch Failure in the Face. We appreciate her coming on and sharing with us. She gave us some very uh, interesting things to think about and know on so that we can try to uh, improve our own condition inwardly and outwardly. We appreciate her coming on. Uh, And if you uh, have an opportunity, pick up the book. It's on Amazon, uh, How to Punch Failure in the Face by Tracy Huff. Uh, Also, if you want to get in touch with me for relationship or life coaching and or resources, just go to my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. And please like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. We would really appreciate that so that we can get this content to more people. I thank you guys for all of your support and I will speak to you again soon. I thank you guys for tuning in to the Heart Matters podcast for another episode. I hope that you enjoyed what you heard and that it brought you benefit. Please subscribe to the podcast so that you can gain early access without ads and promotion. We thank you once again. And I will speak to you again soon.